In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good News for the City, the broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC. My name is Brian Bales, and I have the privilege of being the host for this show where we over and over and over again remind ourselves that while there are so many places or things or people in the world that try to tell us they will give us hope, the truth is it is only the gospel that makes a way. It's my privilege to talk about it right here on this radio show, or whether you catch me at my job during the day as lead pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. And today on this show, again, we're going to talk about what it's like for the gospel to reach people in a way that is transformative. You know, there are a lot of different translations of scriptures, different versions, New International Version, maybe New American Standard Version or English Standard Version, but there's a paraphrased version out there called the Message Version that sometimes really just has some great ways to say things. And this is what the Message Translation says in Romans chapter 10. It says, everyone who calls help God will get help. But here's the thing. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of Jesus who can be trusted? And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them? Well, unless someone is sent to do it. The principle of going out and being sent and being commissioned remains just as true today as it did 2,000 years ago when Jesus looked to the original set of disciples and said, go into all the world. It's just that maybe today in our context, going and being sent might look just a little bit different. Well, our guest this weekend is someone that if you're a listener of this show, you would recently remember just recently being on the show. He's going to unpack New Life Christian Church's strategies for creating safe places for people to discover God. These places are the everyday places that we frequent, places like gyms, our youth sports, places we gather together to share food, and and other places like that. These are places that are at the intersection of church, community, and commerce, where an opportunity to pre-evangelize people happen, and it allows the gospel and discipleship to begin to take root. So I'd like to welcome back to the show, Brett Andrews, uh, Senior Lead Minister of New Life Christian Church in Chantilly. Hey, thanks for being on the show again, Brett. Anytime someone agrees Mm. to come back on the show after the first time, (laughs) I guess that makes me feel good. So hopefully you're enjoying the time being back. Well, thanks, Brett. Scott Boris is my agent and he arranged this for him. Apparently you all satisfied the- And and clearly we can't afford his costs, that's for sure. But so thanks for taking one for the team. Hey, if they didn't hear you last time before, let me tell them a little bit about you. Again, as I said, you're the lead pastor of New Life Christian Church in Chantilly. Uh, It's one church in three locations right here in the Northern Virginia area. But you have an influence around the world. You've been married 33 years. You have four children. And you were the founding pastor in 1993 and still the pastor there at New Life Christian in Chantilly. Uh, But what's so interesting about your church is that lots of churches say they're about the Great Commission. And it's not that they're not, but 
not as many churches actually talk about this idea of putting the Great Commission at the forefront in the way that New Life does, especially when it comes to your passion for planting, because you've had some some very interesting efforts, things that maybe a lot of people wouldn't think about. One specifically one that we're going to talk about today is your focus on evangelism through your gathering place called the end zone. That is an N-Z-O-N-E, not end zone, but end zone. And it's a seven day a week exercise and health facility. And the goal of that is what we talked about earlier, pre-evangelism to help people experience God, maybe even before they know they're experiencing God. Now for you, this may not seem like a risky endeavor to do sort of, I'm going to use this in air quotes if people were actually watching this and not listening, church differently, because we know church isn't a program, it's a people. But to take us into this idea behind some of this I thought process for you and New Life, sort of getting out of the typical way of engaging people and taking some, what many would say, unconventional risks to reach people for the purpose of the gospel. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I would say for us, it begins with Jesus' statement that he builds the church. It's Jesus' Mm -hmm. church. It's not our church. And Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, those work laboring vain. Yeah. So if Jesus builds the church, the smartest thing we can do is let him build the church, figure out what he wants to do and cooperate. The most risky thing we can do is to not listen to him and to not do what he calls us to do. So, so for us through the, his, through the, one of our values at new life has been risk Matthew 25 parable of the talents for the sake of honoring Jesus, obedience to Jesus and, um, and reaching lost people. So it really is not, yes, it's risky to obey it's, but what other choice do we do? do we really have if, mm-hmm. if it's his church? And so that it begins with that. Um, and, and with, by the way, let me just say this. I think you can really tell the difference between churches that believe that Jesus owns the church and churches that believe that the individual Christians or the leaders in that church own the church. Mm-hmm. I own responsibility because I own responsibility to the holiness of Jesus Christ and obedience to Jesus and his leadership, but it's not my church. I want, you know, New Life will be 30 years old next year, um, and and I say I've been able to be here because when you start a church, people aren't smart enough to know that they can fire you. <laughs> but I also I un, I lock my office door every time leaving, thinking there's going to come a day, and if life is a mist, it's going to be a fast day. It's going to come fast when somebody else is unlocking this door because mm-hmm. they're going to be the senior minister. This is not my church. It never yeah. has been, never will be. So it grows out of that sense of Jesus. What do you want to do with this church? Second, because when that's on the line, then it's just about obedience to him. Second, then it grows out of a, a, a heart for lostness. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we're committed to is, um, is making disciples who make disciples. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. What's it mean to be obedient to that? Um, one of the one of the people that I really admire is Ying Kai, who um, uh, who started who started they quit counting at one hundred and forty five thousand churches that they've started in China. Yeah. And I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people, probably millions of people have been reached for Christ there. But Ying would tell you what Ying says is 
what people need more than anything is a heart is a is a heart for the love of the father and and because of the heart of the father's love for us a heart for lostness in this world yeah. and as soon as those two become your driving factors then god's going to show you how to reach them you know, and then he's doing a new thing in, in through you and in, in your generation. Mm-hmm. I think you're bringing up a lot of just excellent points. One that I think we've all heard if we're in pastoral ministry, that every pastor is an interim pastor. Unless Jesus returns, we're all interim pastor. That's right. Whether it's a 45-year ministry or whether it's a five-year ministry, we're all interims. And so right. we can't let our identity be around being a pastor, but rather it has to be the call of God on this church in our life. And the other thing that you reminded me of is actually the safest place in the world is wherever God is, wherever Jesus is. For yeah. Peter, that actually meant out on the water. He was safer on the water with Jesus right. than he actually was in the boat without. But it doesn't mean that our culture doesn't tell us it's risky. It doesn't mean that even our own emotions and experiences sometimes don't get in the way. And in those moments that stretching for us, do we trust what God is asking? And when we step into what he's asking, becomes that moment where our faith is tested and we have to make a decision. And so for new life, you've made a lot of those decisions over the years. One particular decision I think is super interesting and engaging. And I'm I'm somewhat aware of the end zone being not too far um, geographically from where you are in Chantilly, me being in Ashburn is the end zone is an 83,000 square foot indoor recreation facility, right? It, it serves over 400,000 yeah. people from the Washington metro area every year. And what's interesting is, is it also doubles as the place where you gather on Sunday. And notice I yes. said gather because I know you are on the same place. Church isn't a building. Church is a people. So it's a church gathering. It's not, a, you know. And so it seems that you have found a way to sort of make this intersection between a church community and the cultural community by using this location that you have in a very creative way. So what has been your particular vision or the church's vision and ministry model for the end zone? Yeah, thanks. Um, first of all, I am, um, I, f- I feel very inadequate for ministry. I feel like I'm in way over my head in terms of how do we reach the lost people that God's called call us to reach in this generation? How do we have an impact on our generation that God would have us to have? And it's just like, Lord, we, I can't do this. We can't do this without your power and leadership. And so I have no desire to be creative and different and whatever, but for us, it has been the question of simple. It's a simple question. We all ask, how do we follow mm-hmm. God's will? How do you know God's will? And so we looked at our, our, our calling is to make disciples and make disciples to reach lost people. And, and so how do we reach lost people? Well, we did it through a number of things. But for the first 18 years of New Life, we met in school buildings. And I remember somebody saying to me when New Life was like two years old, you know, the minute you go into a building, you're going to completely change your culture, the church. It's like, yeah, that's really true. Part of the advantage of meeting in a school building is it's, it's neutral territory. Yeah. As soon as you have a church building, I grew up in the church. I, I went to church probably when I was a week old, but every church, I'm an outsider when I drive by your church building. I'm an outsider at every church building in Northern Virginia, every church building, because it's not my church. I didn't pay for that building. 
I'm not a part of that congregation. I'm an outsider and I've been a Christian all my life. How do non-Christians feel when they drive by our buildings? I'm not saying this is the vision for, it needs to be the vision for everybody. I'm just saying mm-hmm. what God did in us was to say, how do you build a building so that it is a, so that it's, it's a bridge, it's not a boundary. So that when people drive by, they identify that's my building, that's mm-hmm. my place. And so it was, that was one of the principles of how does, how do we use a building that's going to, that's going to be a bridge and not a, a, a blockage to evangelism. Another principle was in Northern Virginia, um, buildings are kind of expensive. Yes, they and, are. And, and, and so if you're going to put 50 if, to $12 million into a building, it had better be for your first priority, which is go and make disciples. How do you build a building that's a go building and not just a come to us building? Um, and, 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 um, and, and, and it's being used by the people you're trying to reach mm-hmm. more than it's being used by the people that are, who are already reached. Right. Again, these were things that these were the, 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 um, the, 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 the principles that God was building in us. Um, mm-hmm. I've lived in the Washington DC area enough to know that when churches, when big churches build big buildings, their communities in the process say, we don't want you here. And so we thought, how do we build a building? Jesus said, you're the, to be the light of the world. So that when people are aware of what you're doing, they say, you know what? That's what the church ought to do. Mm-hmm. And so that all drove the, it's, it was a long and ugly process and scary process. It took us about eight years yeah. to get to get to this point. And, you know, and, and, you know, we're the church that couldn't afford to build a 25,000 square foot building that God provided an 80,000, 83,000 square foot building. That's another part of the story. But um, so it was a matter of being obedient to those principles for the purpose of reaching lost people and making disciples. Yeah. And so the people in your community, both who call New Life their church home and those who are just physically, geographically in your community, they can come and they can have fitness classes, sports skills trainings. They can go to uh, youth leagues, youth programs, camps, parties, food, rentals, all that sort of stuff. Um, And that is that's a place that you have that connection. Now, there's some principles, obviously, behind this strategy to sort of guide people along their unique spiritual journey. As I understand them, it's finding meaning, finding answers, and then finding Jesus. Why don't you unpack that for our listeners, if you would? Um, well, I, I uh, it's interesting that you you put it in those in those words. I, I would say that our one of our driving principles from the very beginning has been helping people start conversations. Mm-hmm. How, new, how do you help people who are Christians start spiritual conversations with their friends who don't know Christ so that God can take those conversations for those who are open where he wants them to go? Mm-hmm. And so the end zone presents that for people in a, in a number of different ways. Um, friends, for instance, can bring their softball teams in to use it for a softball practice. And in the process, it gives them a chance to say, oh, and this is our church. Or somebody is using um, a, uh, there is one of the inspector generals who's uh, right now, new inspector general was using it with, and because his daughter had a soccer practice there. He's Jewish. He comes from a Jewish background, um, but he's a friend of a friend of mine who's part of the church. He was able to say, oh yeah, this is the church. This is what we do. This is why we do. And and it's kind of funny because he has a brother who's a rabbi 
that he shared he shared the vision with his brother who's a rabbi but yeah. so it gives it, it it presents people opportunities new life people opportunities to start spiritual conversations with their friends but it also we we want it to be run in a way so that like you said previously people experience god before they know that it's god they're experiencing um, we had, I had a, a mom say, I love to have my son using this place because I want him to be around those people. And her son is not a Christian, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I, I would do one of the illustrations, Jared, Jared Green is our, is one of our managers. Um, Jared is probably best known as Daryl Green's son for those who remember the Redskins golden mm-hmm. days, but um but when Jared was was playing uh, pro ball and 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 preparing for tryouts for pro ball, he worked out at the end zone and and he loved it because he was able to lead people to Christ. It yeah. was he was he felt like it was it made it so easy to have spiritual conversations with people. Yeah. So those are some of the way. Now we do, we do the kid kid camps for kids sure. that are that are needy and all those kinds of things too. But. Um, but that's some of the vision and some of the ways that God's using it. Yeah. And you can catch more about the vision by just going to the website, the T H E N zone or then zone T H E N Z O N E.com. Or of course you can go to newlife.church and find out more about there. And you can also get that, get that connection there to the end zone. Um, you know, as a pastor myself and you, Brett and I both have in many ways uh, a platform in this moment and in other moments to speak into some of the things that at least from our passions and our beliefs really, really matter when it comes to making disciples, reaching the world. And I know that we have a lot of listeners that either themselves are in ministry or uh, in a professional way or in a volunteer way or know someone it is and pass this along. And so they listen and they're, they're trying to hear, all right, talk to me a little bit about some things that that maybe need to be tweaked or talk me some things that in this environment and how we're doing uh, right now in 2022 that might need to be different. Um, If there's someone out there listening to that, what would you challenge them? Maybe lead pastors, maybe staff pastors, maybe volunteers that needs to change about how we're engaging people. Well, I, I would say what you said earlier in this to set this whole thing up is right on. We have to have confidence in the Bible, we have to have confidence in the gospel to, you know, the, as the Apostle Paul said, to bring salvation. We really believe that God's ways are the best ways. We we are convinced of the holiness of God, the love of God, and that people either are experiencing that with him or they're outside of that. And if they're outside of that, it's tragic. Mm-hmm. And And so... Um, So that's one thing. Second, I would say is we definitely need to keep it, um, keep things simple and just having people understand. First of all, do you understand your salvation, your forgiveness? When the Apostle Paul talks about about discipleship in 2 Corinthians 5, he begins with his identity. We are ambassadors for Christ. It's not something that we do. You know, we are called to be fishers of men, not just mm-hmm. something that we do. It is it is our whole identity. So it is out of who we are. And so having Christian people, um, I, I saw a diagram the other day that said there used to be a cultural divide between 
the lost world and those inside the church, the cultural Christian, the casual Christian, the committed Christian, said now the cultural divide is between is not between the world and those who are Christians. It's between the world and those who are cultural and casual Christians and those who are committed Christians. Yeah. And, and so, I, I, go ahead. so calling people realizing we have to, it, it's some of it is as simple as calling people outside of consumer Christianity into, we are called to be obedient to the one who lives for, who died and lives for us. There's so much I would love to dig into that. I think something <laughs> unique about the United States or the American culture around church is that comfort has become an idol uh, in that way. And, you know, as you expand into other parts of the world, China, Russia, comfort in no way, shape or form is an idol. In fact, suffering, they believe, is a sign that you're doing what God wants you to do. And here in the United States, we think it differently, right? Well, I just heard uh, somebody said recently there are two things that every parent wants for their children, including Christian parents. They want their children to fit in and they want their children to be happy. Mm -hmm. So the two values that drive their children, their parenting is what helps them fit in, what helps them um, feel happy. Mm -hmm. And so what happens to Christian kids who've been driven, who've been led by that, they get to college and realize Christianity doesn't make me fit in. Christianity doesn't make me feel happy. And therefore, and, and therefore they're deconstructing their faith. So, yeah. so, so you're exactly right. In the church, we have to be calling people to commitment to Christ and to suffer for Christ, mm -hmm. right? Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And James says, consider it pure joy when you suffer. Yeah, there's not a lot of comfort in that. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, you know, I do encourage people to go newlife.church, go to the thethendzone.com. In the last couple of minutes, I want to go back to something we talked yeah. about a couple of weeks ago, your involvement in Exponential and a local conference that many of the things that you do at New Life and have talked about already is expressed there in giving tools. There's a conference coming up uh, right there being hosted on the 12th and 13th of September. So really, really close coming up um, that uh, will tell people more about it. You can go to exponential.org forward slash events or goodnewsforthecity.com. You can find out more about there. Talk about that just real quickly inside of like 60 seconds, if you can, for me. One of the cool things about Exponential is that we bring in people from all different kinds of backgrounds. If you go to the web, Exponential website, some of you are going to say, wow, this is different. I didn't expect this. Some of you are going to say, oh, wow, this is really good. Um, but it's because we bring in lots of different voices uh, across the evangelical um, landscape. And so, but these are all speaking to how do we, and this empowered um, theme is how do we get into the stream of the power of God's Holy Spirit so that he is building the church through us in this generation, in our time? Yeah. And so for anyone uh, who listened to the last show, there's more information about that. You can go to the archives there, goodnewsforthecity.com, find out more about it. Uh, but you could also go there. You know, Brett, um, in the last 30 seconds, one of the things people like to do is to hear an encouragement. If you can encourage someone out there who might be struggling, wouldn't you do that for me? Yeah, I would say go to the book of Acts and and see how struggling and suffering was what God used to build the church. One of my favorite stories recently, and put your confidence in the gospel, um, in the Hainan um, uh, province uh, uh, um, 
a friend of mine, Curtis Sargent, was preparing people to be disciple makers. And at the end of the end of the time, just a small group of people, he said, "Okay, now who's going to go and make disciples?" And this one guy who had very little education, who had um, you know very little training, said, "I'm going to go and start a church." And and he said, "Okay, what's the plan?" And he held up his Bible and he said, with the word of God to guide me and the Holy Spirit to empower me, I will go back to my hometown and reach my lost friends and family to start a church for Christ. Um, His confidence was not in some strategies or in some books or in anything but the gospel and the Holy Spirit. And I I would encourage everybody, that's sufficient. Hmm. Yeah. And that is such a good encouragement. Brett, thanks for being here. Thanks for talking about new life and the passion that God has put in your heart to work there through that local church. Thanks for talking about the end zone. I do encourage all of our listeners to go to your websites, newlife.church or theendzone.com or thenzone.com to find out more. And of course, if you listen to the show today and you'd like to talk to someone at Wave about some things that you heard, you could send us an email at comment at wava.com. Or you can call me personally at my phone there at Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, 703-729-3900. Thanks for joining us today, folks. And I hope you take what you've heard today and not just let it go into your head, but go into your heart and something that then comes out through your actions through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, remembering that it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.